is not about pitting parents versus public schools. This is, it's nonsense. When the 88th Texas legislature convened in January, the state's Republican governor, Greg Abbott, listed expanded school choice as one of his seven priorities for the session. If there's an open seat at a great public school that a parent wants, let's let them go there. If they are unhappy with their options that are provided by the public system, then maybe they want to try choose private. Maybe they want to choose to homeschool, whatever it is. But we have a social contract and a constitutional obligation to educate every single child, and that's what this is about. While the state Senate passed a voucher-like bill back in early April, the legislation has not gained as much traction in the House. The coalition that has kept vouchers from ever passing in Texas, in the, Texas and it has been proposed and tried and come close in the legislature for at least the last uh, 40 years, is because of this durable coalition between Democrats, or almost all Democrats, and generally rural, rural Republicans. Well, Texas is 43rd in the nation in per pupil education funding. So if we were to add a private school voucher scam on top of that and siphon off money from our public schools to unaccountable private schools, you would see us drop even further in those rankings. We probably end up being dead last in per student education funding in this country. And so for, for me, I believe there is nothing our public schools can't do if they're given the right support and given the right funding. With the session coming to a close May 29th, it is still unclear what the future is for a voucher-like program this time around. I'm Bailey Friday, and Texas wants to know, why is school choice a priority for the state's top elected officials? So what exactly is a school voucher? school voucher, a simple definition would be giving public funding to a parent so that they could use it for their child, typically in like in a private private setting. So so the money attaches to the the student rather than funding a system of public schools. Forrest Wilder is a senior editor at Texas Monthly. He's written extensively about the intersection of public schools and politics in the state. So I think a key feature of that is you're using public taxpayer dollars for private education. There's different forms of vouchers, and then there's things that are typically referred to as voucher-like. The proposals at the Capitol right now, the Texas legislature, are a, kind of a, a form of vouchers with some, some key modifications. So essentially, the main thing that's moving are educational savings account, where the state would fund a savings account that could be used for a variety of educational purposes, including private school tuition. Those education savings accounts, which would give families up to $8,000, are the centerpiece of Senate Bill 8. It passed the chamber with an 1813 vote nearly along party lines. Senator Robert Nichols, who represents the East Texas city of Jacksonville, was the lone Republican to vote against it. Why do you think Governor Abbott is putting so much time and resources into school choice and parental empowerment? Because parents are demanding better. That's, it's, it's Texans. Look, he's been out, last year was obviously an election year, so he was out campaigning and talking to Texans. And I think there was just a groundswell, an uprising of parents who were saying, hey, we have a problem here and we need to address it. Mandy Drogan is the campaign director for Next Generation Texas, the department that handles education at the conservative think tank, Texas Public Policy Foundation. 
or maybe it's not the transparency. Maybe it's that quality of education. You know, Commissioner Marath has been working to change the ship, ensuring that there's high quality education for every child. And there's a huge problem here. He admitted in a House Public Education Committee this summer that the um, they did an internal audit across the public school system and found that only 19% of the curriculum being taught in our public schools is on grade level. 19%. That's astonishing. Drogan says the final reason involves parents' input into their child's education. The third part would be the respect. The respect that parents do not feel they are receiving on behalf of the system, the public system, particularly those who can't afford to write a check to a private school or they can't pick up and move to um, a location where they get to go to one of the amazing, amazing high quality public schools that they have. Or maybe they're like the 60 plus thousand parents that have attempted to get into a great charter school and they're, they're sitting on a wait list again this year, whatever it is. There's something going on where parents don't feel respected and those that cannot leave, they're just stuck. But State Representative James Tallarico, a Democrat from Round Rock, says he thinks Abbott's focus on school choice is for a different reason. Honestly, I think it's because billionaire mega donors are the ones pushing these voucher scams across the country, particularly here in Texas. And so you've got these billionaires who are paying politicians to discredit public education. And now they're paying politicians to privatize and defund public education. And that's because public schools are for all of us. They're the great equalizer. They give kids like me who were born to a single mom who didn't go to college a chance to graduate from the University of Texas and Harvard University. That's, that's what public schools are here to do. And that's a threat to billionaires who control everything in this country. Senate Bill 8 would give districts with fewer than 20,000 students $10,000 for every student who leaves for a private school. Although the voucher scams would stay put, some of the compensation would go away after a couple of years. So that's the point with all of this. It's designed to look good on the outside until you dig into the details and you realize that these voucher scams are ripping you off. An amendment to SB8 extended the length of time smaller districts would receive those funds from two years to five. Larger districts in Texas' largest cities and suburbs would not receive funding if students left. There's just no doubt that that's just meant to get enough rural Republicans to change their votes to pass this thing. But, you know, I think you have to be, uh, be wise to be a little bit skeptical about what's going on there. It's not a guarantee forever. That's a guarantee for a certain period of time. And it's $10,000. Will it work? I don't know. I mean, there was a, it passed the Senate. Uh, there was a test vote in the House. While the number of people, of members opposing vouchers through this budget test vote decreased from last session, it was still enough of a majority to indicate that there is not majority support for that, for, for vouchers. And not just that Senate bill, just for vouchers in general. On April 6th, the same day the Senate passed SB 8, the Texas House voted 86-52 in favor of a budget amendment to ban state funding for voucher-like program. In 2021, 115 members voted for a similar amendment. The House needs a 76-member majority to pass legislation, but Drogan says she was not discouraged. And it is to kind of see, okay, where do people stand? Look, 
I know that people want to think, oh, they voted to not do this. The reality is that was a huge success for our movement to empower parents. They were pushing their goal in the Capitol. They told all the members they wanted 100. They didn't get 100. They got 86. They fell short because more and more legislators on both sides of the aisle, I'll point out, go back and look at the roll call. It was Republicans and Democrats that were saying, whoa, whoa, this should not be a political issue. This is about standing with parents, standing with the parents in our districts who are saying, we want choices. We want the power back. We want to make the selection for our children. How come school vouchers have such a tough time getting through the House, even though it's a Republican-controlled chamber? Well, vouchers are unpopular across the state of Texas. Texans love their public schools. They are enshrined in our state's constitution. And as you know, there's nothing more Texan than Friday Night Lights. And so any attempt to defund those public schools is going to be met with opposition from all parts of the state, whether it's an urban community, a suburban community, or a, a rural community. And so that coalition of rural Republicans who want to protect their public schools and urban and suburban Democrats who also want to protect their public schools, that coalition has stopped vouchers in the past. And I think what you see in this legislative session is that bipartisan coalition for public education is holding strong. So you want your community schools to be as good as possible. I mean, there are also cultural centers. High school football is a huge deal. The school is often the cornerstone of a community. Everything kind of revolves around it. So it's not, it's political, but I think actually most people don't particularly think of it in a political way until they have to. So these rural Republicans, their politicians, generally what it is, is that they're trying to protect an important part of the character of their community. And they see vouchers as being a threat because it would drain money out of the public school system and into the private schools for which their people aren't going to, to benefit. What would you say to people who don't live near a major city, who may not have a ton of other options outside public schools, who say that this may hurt public schools in rural communities? If you are serving your community and your parents and they are happy, they're not going to leave. They're not. It, it's never happened. Why would they? If you're employing a massive amount of the workforce, if Friday nights is what the community is built around, that's amazing. If you are sitting next to your teachers in the pew on Sunday or shopping alongside them at the grocery store and living your life together, and this is the fabric of the community, that is wonderful. Parents don't leave. They're not going to make that choice. There are lots of amazing, innovative educators that would be willing to come in and set up. They're called micro schools or, or even just, I mean, those are smaller schools or learning pods or whatever. I mean, the market fills in the gaps when there's a demand. It works across our great country. It will, it works in education too. So to say that, or if you're there and you're like, whoa, I don't want my children exposed to this. Maybe, maybe I want to sacrifice and homeschool my kids with an education savings account to know that I can pay for the high quality curriculum that I want my children taught. There are a lot of people out there in communities who are very angry at public schools for a variety of reasons. And then there's other folks who see this as an opportunity to push something through that they may not have otherwise been able to do it. 
The opportunity Wilder is referencing is the decades-long push by some for a voucher-like program. This has been a project of, of people on the ideological right and, let's be frank, some very wealthy individuals, for example, Betsy DeVos, for a long time. In Texas, there was a guy named James Leininger uh, out of San Antonio, who, by the way, was one of the founders of the Texas Public Policy Foundation. This has been one of their ideological projects for like since the beginning. It's been tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed. What has happened the last few years to bring it back? I think the backlash during the pandemic to public schools, it's all tied up into critical race theory, LGBTQ issues, renewed energy to uh, from largely the, the, the conservative right to get involved in the school boards. And that then created an opportunity, an opportunity to bring this issue back. We see these attacks on public education, whether it's attacks on teachers, attacks on librarians, attacks on vulnerable student populations. Th these discrediting attacks are directly linked to these voucher scams. The, these billionaires that are pushing these privatization schemes have two, pro two steps they're trying to achieve. One is to discredit public education. The second is to defund public education. And so I want folks to understand how these, these attacks on our public schools are all interconnected. And if we're going to fight back, we've got to fight back on each one of these attacks simultaneously. One of the critiques of Governor Abbott's statewide tour to promote education savings accounts has to do with where he's making these pitches. The Parent Empowerment Coalition is open to going to public schools or any other school. Again, you just have to be willing to actually want to do it and talk about empowering parents. And this is not something that the system, the public system, wants to facilitate or to support because, again, a parent might choose to leave if they're not being served. According to events listed on the Texas Public Policy Foundation's website, the governor has participated in 13 parent empowerment nights. 12 were held at private Christian schools. I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there about how the Parent Empowerment Coalition selects the schools, but it's nothing other than we just want to go into communities that are open to talking and having a discussion and sharing the message and being able to share why the governor and so many other great leaders believe that this is the way that we improve the total education outcome of the kids in our state. What that looks like to me is that when he's trying to sell this pitch, he's pitching it to a, a certain group of people. These are folks who are already have their kids enrolled in, in private schools and would, depending on the terms of the plan, benefit from getting, I mean, who wouldn't take an 8,000, who wouldn't take $8,000 from the government to pay for tuition that you're already paying for? I mean, it would be, you'd be crazy not to. The average tuition at a private school in Texas is just over $10,000. That's according to the Private School Review. $8,000, $9,000, $10,000, whatever the voucher is, it's not going to cover the cost of private school tuition, which means working families are left on the hook to pay the rest of the tab. And that's why you see in other states that have tried these voucher scams that it really only benefits the wealthy kids who are already in private schools. They're inaccessible to working people across the state. Vouchers don't cover transportation. Private schools don't have to provide buses for kids whose parents 
can drive them to school every day. And private schools can deny admission to any child they want based on any criteria they want. One of the things that is sort of alarming is that it tends to be wealthy families who are already able to afford a private education are disproportionately taking advantage of these public tax dollars. If you believe that private school vouchers highest and best use is to get poor kids, uh, children of color out of failing public schools and into private schools where they can excel and achieve their, achieve their dreams, that doesn't appear to be the main thing that these programs are actually doing. They may be actually reinf reinforcing inequities in the system rather than mitigating them or eliminating them. So back to where we started with just weeks to go in this year's legislative session, could some form of school choice in Texas become a reality in the near future? Greg Abbott has never spent a ton of political capital on high risk sweeping policy proposals at the legislature. He's really stuck his neck out on this one. And I think it's not, I would say in general, it's not going that well. We'll see what happens. I'm certainly not saying it's a dead letter. There could be special sessions, things could shift. It, it ain't over yet. But I do think that that this is a huge litmus test for his political capital, uh, both, both at the state level, but more importantly, really at the, at the national level. I taught sixth grade in Rhodes Middle School on the west side of San Antonio in San Antonio ISD. And the west side is a beautiful, historic Mexican-American neighborhood, but it's also one of the poorest zip codes in the state of Texas. So I know what happens when the legislature doesn't fully fund public education. And so I refuse as a lawmaker now to let the legislature siphon off precious tax dollars from our public schools and give them to unaccountable private schools. I hope that Texans see that this is a unified effort to really do what's best for every single student and to make sure that parents truly have the ability to select the best school for their children. I'm Bailey Friday at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thanks for joining me for Texas Wants to Know. If you liked the show, please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode was written and produced by Chris Blake with audio editing by Savannah Jones, original music by Michael Eisenstein, and editorial support from Cooper Mall. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan.